Welcome back, man. It's the All City NFL Podcast, of Meat Locker. We are back, Baldy Ten. Yeah, and rested. You like? Rest. good, buddy. Yeah, well, I feel good. You know, you gotta you gotta take your time off. You gotta decompress. You know, kind of put the 2023 season behind us, which I was able to do. But honestly, like I was excited about coming back because you know this draft process. It's long, but it's fun. And it takes time to get to know some of these guys that we're going to be talking about for the next two months. Yeah, uh, well, we're going to have some fun. We're going to dive in deep with profiles and sit-downs with a lot of the best draft prospects. Today, we're going to talk to Michael Penix, UW, big arm. We we love him. But real quick, before we get into Michael Penix and this quarterback class, which could be incredible, you were in Costa Rica. Yeah, man. I mean, look, like. Yeah, well, it was a glow. The last time I saw was he was in Vegas. Yeah. Right? It was cold. Yeah, he's like, he looks good. He's well, like, I, I, went, I went nine straight days. I never put shoes on. Like, I never <gasps> had shoes. Like I'm, like, I'm a big thing when I'm vacation. I like to not have to put shoes on. So, you know, it's a very simple life. But I'm a diver. I'm in the water. I'm a fisherman. I'm, in, I'm, yeah. I'm fishing. So we're taking stuff right out of the water. Um, you know, we're taking red snapper right out of the water, man. We're putting it on the grill. You yes. know, we're cleaning the fish right on a boat. So we had a good group down there. We were in, I was in two different places. I was in Nassara, which is a big surf capital right there, big waves. And then I was up in Playa Negra, which is kind of good for just about anything that you like to do outdoors. So we were blessed with really good weather, nice people, some, uh, some good nature stuff. And just kind of getting away from it for a little bit. Ah, you kidding. There's nothing like the water. It's awesome. But we are back, and we're excited uh, to bring in this whole draft process. So uh, we're going to talk to Michael Penix, like I said. One of the things that excites me about this draft mm-hmm. is the quarterbacks. We love quarterbacks. Uh, and this quarterback class, I, I remember the quarterback class in 99. Yeah. I covered it when I was in New York, and mm-hmm. it was supposed to be this yeah. epic quarterback Six class. Six first-round picks. Right? And it was – Achilles Smith and yeah. Tim Couch. Yeah, Tim Couch course. went number one, and Donovan McNabb. Yep. Yep. I'm about to bring up Donovan, who was the class of that Dante class. Dante Culpepper. Uh, Cade McNown. Cade McNown went to Chicago. Right. Yep. I mean, it, and everybody thought that that would be this epic class. Well, it didn't really turn out that way, other than Donovan and, and Culpepper for a little bit. This class, though, I, I think this class could be really special. I love a lot of these kids. Well, I mean, we might see quarterbacks go one, two, three. We've seen that before, but we could very in, that, in no particular order. But I mean, you could see, you, you know, Caleb. You could see Drake May, North Carolina. You could see Jaden. I like Jaden too. Yeah, uh, Jaden. You could see, but you know, JJ McCarthy's getting a lot of attention. Bo Nix, and the guy we're going to talk to, Michael Penix Jr. To me, he has as good an arm as anybody oh. that we just mentioned. Like he, like you know, and so. Like, I just remember um, when Cam Newton came out, 2011. It was a great draft. I mean, there was a lot of Hall of Famers in that draft. J.J. Watt. I mean, it's a great draft. But, you know, when Cam came out, he was the first pick. But everybody was saying he was never going to be accurate. You know, he's, he's, he's never going to be a frontline starter. You know, he became the MVP of the league, took his team to a Super Bowl, uh, put up 45 touchdowns one year. You know, he, was, he, he came out his first two games in the NFL threw for 400-plus yards. And he did things that nobody said he could do. And so it's going to be the same thing. We're going to pick We're going to pick these guys apart. We're going to try to find the flaws. And, you know, some of it is substantiated. But then 
I remember when Patrick Mahomes came out and Lee Steinberg and Patrick got, you know, seven years ago, and they said, yeah, maybe second-round pick. But Kansas City saw something in him that nobody else saw. And look where they are right now. So I well, just think – it's interesting when you look at the past drafts and – We've had this discussion about number one, number two overall versus guys that come later. And for some odd reason, those a lot of those guys turned out to be something. Well, I mean, look, if the Chicago Bears drafted Patrick Mahomes instead of Mitch Trubisky, maybe, you know, they're the team that everybody's chasing right, right now. I don't, you know, right. it's hard. It, you can't ever really, you know, relive that like that. But you, we're trying to get it right. And so we really want to, during our process here, we want to get as many of these quarterbacks and top prospects into the podcast world with us and really kind of get to know these yeah. kids. The meat market. Yeah, the meat market. The meat locker. Yeah, the meat market is what the draft process is. We want them in the meat locker, and we want to really get to know these guys. You know, the way teams want to get to know them. Yeah. And kind of, like, pick them apart, but let them tell us why they should be drafted, what they're all about. Like, you know, we're going to talk to Michael Penix, Jr., so I, I, here's what I really like about them. And, and you tell me, um, if you're evaluating quarterbacks, I mean, the thing that he's had experience under duress, like he's performed under duress. Well, like I watched him. Like when he was in Indiana, he had no offensive line. And he had no – people talk about his receivers, and they're great. But he didn't have receivers in, no. in Indiana and Indiana. No, but like – so, you know, he played in Indiana – for three years, he had two knee surgeries, okay, cut his uh, season short. Went to Washington, took over 4-18, and 18, took him to the national championship game in two years. All right, they was 24-3, and three, all right, in two years at Washington. Like, he elevates. Like, the one thing you, you – know, you might – I don't know what they're going to pick apart, honestly, like the evaluators and the teams. But everywhere he's gone, he's elevated his team. Like, he beat Michigan at Indiana. He took Ohio State to the brink. Like, he put up big numbers in big games in the Big Ten. Then he goes to Washington and dominates the Pac-12. You know, gets on a big, big stage against Texas and is the best player on the field. That's full of number one draft picks between both teams. And so, I, I feel like the question of, A, he's played a lot of football. Like, he's been in over 40 games. He's elevated two programs. He's put one program that was buried deep in the, you know, the muck of college football and put him on a national stage. Like, that's – he, you know, does Kalen DeBoer get the Alabama job if, if he's not the quarterback? You know, is, is Roma Dunze a top-five pick if he's not the quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like the, the way Joe Burrow and Chase, you know, uh, uh, Jamar Chase, like, were united in Cincinnati – and they won a national championship together. I kind of feel like that relationship that they continue to have today is a little bit like watching, you know, Michael and and and, and Rome right now. Yeah, yeah, you know. So the attributes, like, so let me ask you: I, arm strength, which is off the charts, accuracy, which is off the charts, and the ability to make plays under duress. I mean, that to me checks a big part of it. Well, so I think some people will say, well, you know, he doesn't have escape ability. Well, part of the reason why he doesn't escape a lot is because he does his work in the pocket. Right. It's kind of what you want. But you see him run. I see him plenty of plays where he's escaping, getting away from rushers, and making plays on the run. But, you know, we'll see what he runs. He, he thinks he's going to run, 
an elite time, right. somewhere in the four fours. Um, you know, and so if he does that, like maybe the escapability concerns will just go away if he runs that, you know, that type of time. Is there a bias against a pocket quarterback? Like if if there if you got a because you know, obviously he navigated the pocket very well during his college career. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like the best quarterback in the draft, obviously last year was CJ Stroud. Yeah. And the knock on him was, well, he wasn't he's not very mobile. Yeah. Okay. He did his work from the pocket. And it was all of that until he played Georgia. You know, and against Georgia, like he was all over the place and he made or against Ohio State. Uh, not Ohio, I guess he, I guess it was against Georgia. Yeah. Against Georgia, like he was really mobile. And he actually said, I wish I would have used my mobility more throughout my career. And he demonstrated his ability. And then this year, obviously in Houston, um, you know, his ability to either extend plays uh, when he had to get out of the pocket, which he did at times. He, he did. He did what he had to do. But he was so good and efficient at going through his progressions in the pocket that he didn't have to leave the pocket. And honestly, I don't think there should be a bias against guys like that. Yes, I think everybody needs somebody that has escapability. Oh, and I think this, he has all in that. In this league, yeah. I, but I also think it should be noted that, you know, if you can work within the pocket, man, like. Do you do you work there? Yes. Do like, that's where there? you want to be. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, um, number one attribute for you as a quarterback, when you're looking at quarterback. I think the way, I, I think the way that he sees the field. I mean, he finds the open guy. Yeah. He makes, he, he I feel like he can find the open guy, and if he isn't open, he throws him open. Like, he, and that's a, uh, you know obviously the big art of playing quarterback. Can you find the open guy? Everybody's trying to confuse you. Everybody's trying to blitz you in ways, you know, to try and um, take your, you know, drop your eyes or read the rush or whatever. Like, I feel like his ability to look at a field pre-snap with all the movements and stuff they had at Washington and find the open guy consistently is one of his great strengths. And the other thing is, like, he, like he threw for 65%. Like, literally, his, his uh, numbers were almost identical, 2022-2023. Um, but he's a 65% completion quarterback, but he's averaging almost nine yards an attempt. Like, his, the ball, he's, he's a deep ball thrower. Yeah. He throw, it's not yeah. just bubble screens nah. and checkdowns and screens. Like, he throws the ball down the field. In an touch. NFL system. In an NFL system. I would say, though, you know, if you wanted to pick him apart, there's two things. You could pick him apart and watch him. One, like a lot of guys, like the feet aren't always set when he's making quick yeah. throws. So his feet are pointing this way, and he's making this throw to Rome over here on a bubble screen. All right. Not everybody does that. Sometimes you just want to get the ball out of your hands. He still gets it there accurately. That's one. And then I think the throws that we saw Brock Purdy make these last two years, these layered throws in the middle of the field, um, can he throw the ball with that type of touch over the middle? Because ultimately, you can't just throw the ball outside the numbers. Yeah. you got to throw it in the middle of the field. Yeah. And so that's a question that I'm sure if he's sitting down with some of these teams, like he will be, and going on these visits, they're going to take him to the film room like, you know, and show him some of these throws. Like, these are throws you got to make in the NFL. Did, uh, how much did the Michigan game hurt him? I don't think so. Like, you know, people have brought it up to me. I saw him go 14-0 up until Michigan, including unbelievable comeback wins against Oregon, uh, like photo finishes against USC, yeah. Wazoo. Um, he's got, you know, his game against Michigan back in Indiana. Like, he had a lot of big games where you make a mistake down the stretch, you don't win those games. 
and he was able to bring his team down the field. Like it's when they say, "Are you a winner?" Like you can p- plug these games in, and you can watch these photo finishes one after another with him. Yeah, yeah, no, without a doubt. Uh, all right, we're excited. Hey, let's talk about the Game Time app. Listen, we all love going to games, right? I know the season's over, but we still got a lot of hockey, a lot of hoops. We got the summer concert series. We got baseball. I'm a team head. I love baseball. I love going to games. All that stuff. NBA playoff games. So I urge you to download the Game Time app. It takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Now, here's the beauty of it, right? Like, So you can look at where you want to be in the venue. So you'll see from the vantage points of your seats where they're at. Uh, they also offer all kinds of stuff. Last-minute deals. Zone deals. So you want to go, I want to be in this section. They'll pick you the, they'll pick the row, the seat, the seat numbers. And you know what? They're going to save you, on average, 18%. And in fact, you can't beat them. You can't beat the prices. If you do, they'll refund you the difference 110%. So take the guess, the guesswork out of buying tickets. Do what I did. Download that game time app. It's the greatest. In fact, you use all the code all NFL. You get twenty bucks off your first purchase. They also have you know event cancellation insurance and job loss insurance. All kinds of stuff. So they're there for you. They're your companion to go to all these events. The game time app. Get it now. Baldy, look who it is, baby! Michael Penix Jr. Mike, sir, what's happening, baby? So you're in Indianapolis right now, getting ready, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Saturday's a big day for the quarterbacks, right, Mike? Correct. Saturday, be tuned in. I, I mean, you're back in the state where this thing kind of started, in some ways, back in Indiana. We, we, we know that you spent some time there, obviously, uh, to start your college career, but. Uh, any any recollections? Have you played in that stadium before, Mike? I'm just curious. I did once in 2019, I believe, my first game of the season against Ball State. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, let's sir. let's start with with this uh, amazing season that you just came off of, which was incredible. And let, let's go back and take us through from the start of the year. You had put so much work in, uh, just making sure that. You know, your receivers and everybody was here. The program before you got here was, you know, in question. And, you know, you told the guys, listen, we're going to turn this thing around. All right. You're right, man. Yeah, so when I first came in, uh, their coaches left, um, receiver coach left. So I know some of the receivers, you know, they they were still trying to debate to see what they wanted to do. But, um, man, I'm just so blessed that they they trusted me and trusted in Coach DeBoer and Coach Grubb, you know, because I remember those conversations, you know, when when I got here on my visit. I'm like, hey, uh, I knew I I was coming. I had committed already at that point. And I'm like, man, if if you guys stay, man, it's going to be special. We're going to be able to do a lot of special things uh, with this offense. And I, I was super excited uh to be able to to let them know that and i was super excited for them to trust in in my word and um and just going out there and doing it so michael how much did you know about rome about mcmillan about polk how much did you know about this core of guys that were already there 
I didn't really know much. Uh, I never uh, kept up with Washington football at, at that point in time. You know, it was, it was so far from home, you know, so far from where I was, and uh, I never really kept up with it. Um, so I, I didn't really know much about it, guys. You know what's cool is that, you know what's funny, when you first get to UW, you, it wasn't like you wanted to go, hey, let's, let me take a look at Seattle and see the sites. You're like, no. yo, let's get to the to coaches together. Let's watch tape. Let's figure this thing out. Like, you came in ready to roll. Yeah, man. Um, I was at that point in my career, you know, um, man, it's about business. You know, I was already moving across the world to to go play. And, um, man, I, I didn't really – the scenery, I'm not even an outside person like that, you know, just to be going out doing all this stuff, you know. So it's like I didn't really need to see that. I wanted to see the guys I was going to have around me. And, um, man, just uh, to be able to connect with those guys. And, um, man, it was all worth it. So, Michael, the connection you had going to UW was Kale and DeBoer. Coach, like you had him at Indiana. You knew what he was about. You kind of knew his offensive philosophy. How much did that impact you in your decision to go there? No, nah, it was a big, big impact. Probably the biggest thing, you know, the biggest reason why I did go. Uh, just that trust that I had with him, you know, since from the 2019 season, you know, being able to play under him and uh, just seeing the way that they called the offense, the way that, you know, um, he, he went about his business each and every day. You know, I knew it was it was uh, it was just destined for greatness. And, you know, I wanted to be a part of that again. And um, that's what led me going back to uh, going to the University of Washington. So watching the offense without getting into real minutia and detail right here. Like, there's a lot to it. Like, you're the conductor of the orchestra. There's there's multiple motions, shifts, formations that you got to control. It's, it's like watching a Shanahan-style offense in some ways, uh, Michael. Right. You, you kind of look at that going, that I don't know really what it looked like in Indiana, but I know what it looked like here the last two years at Washington. Like, was that a lot to learn going there to be able to digest that level of playbook with everything that happened pre-snap? Yeah, uh, it wasn't a lot to learn as far as the playbook uh, part because a lot of it was the same, but um, a lot of it came from, you know, just learning to tie my eyes into with the motions. You know, why are we doing these motions? Why are we shifting? Are we trying to, you know, get gain leverage on a defender? Are we trying to uh, just show man zone indicator, stuff like that? But so for me, just having to learn in that part of it, that was the biggest thing I feel like. Well, you know, what it really stood out is, you know, your recognition, uh, how, where to go with the football, what are you looking for? I mean, that's the thing that really kind of stood out to us as we're breaking you down is that you had a real grasp of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I feel like that came with a lot of experience. You know, I've seen a lot of those plays against different defenses, so I, you know, I was able to click through it a lot, uh, a lot faster. So t- take us through the season. Like, let, let's – Let's talk about the, what, the expectations of last year going forward. I mean, nobody saw what you guys became. Yeah, man. Um, we just trusted in each other. You know, we had a really close-knit group. You know, our, our whole team, we had a, an amazing bond, you know, just outside of the football field. You know, you got people that's hanging out, you know, uh, just going out, doing stuff together. You got guys going fishing, guys going golfing together, you know, just uh, doing all these fun different things away from the field, you know, that brought our connection so close to the point where, you know, we just knew we had that trust and we could depend on each other when it came to those game-time, big-time situations. You know, that's why I feel like we want a lot of our close games because of just the the uh, maturity and, and just our level of, you know, relationships that we had with one another. We, we knew we, who we could depend on whenever it came to down to the wire. So before we get into some of these close games, because honestly, Michael, I can't imagine 
what it was like for you this year. Every like every game, the Oregon games, Wazoo. I mean, I, I'm watching these games. USC, Texas. It's a shootout right down to the finish. But before we get to that, like you come to Washington, Kalen's there. Like they're four and eight. Guys want to leave, and you get guys to stay. What? How soon did you feel like? And, and the Pac-12 was getting better and better, more recognition. Everybody knew the Pac-12 was for real this year. Like, everybody right. preceded. And, and a big part of it was what you turned around in 2022. Like, how did you take a 4-8 and eight team and make it 10-2 and two and win all those games back in 2022? How quickly did that come together for you guys? I mean, it showed very quick for me, you know, um, because I knew the potential that we had, you know, when I first got there. You know, a lot of guys, they were, they didn't really uh, know yet. They were still trying to get the offense down. They didn't know if it was going to be successful. They didn't know if what we were doing is going to, you know, help us win football games the way that we did, you know. But um, once I saw the talent that I had around me and I already knew the offense, so I'm like, oh, this is going to be special, you know. So just, uh, just having the guys buy in, that was the biggest thing. I feel like from day one, like, they bought in. And like, like you said, it was a 4 and 18 before but whenever I stepped foot on that campus it didn't feel like a 4-8 team it felt like a team that was hungry it felt like a team that that knew that knew that we should be at the top of the pack knew that we were we were the best team in, in our conference you know and uh, that showed each and every day you know workouts you know I feel like a lot of those guys had that chip on their shoulder you hear like older guys like Jackson Kirkland you know speaking out after workouts hey man like that 4-18 that's not us you know like we're going to get it together this year we're going to come out and we're going to show the world like who we really are you know you got Edifone, Lefocio, a lot of guys that play last year you know just speaking up about that stuff um you know just always just letting the team know that you know that that year that happened before i got there you know that wasn't that wasn't us and um man just the guys accepted the challenge you know accepted the challenge took it head head on and man we we ran with it so so take us through the the first oregon game right it's a showdown right? everybody right. the pack 12 like baldy said man it was legit and that first game is a showdown at home. Take us through it. Man, it was crazy. Um, so every time we play Oregon, man, they were good. We knew that they were good. We knew they were going to try, uh, try to do things that cause confusion. We knew that they were going to give us a good game, a tough game. So uh, for us, it was about being disciplined and executing at a high level. Like when I look back at all our weeks of preparation, you know, throughout the weeks, we were always amazing at preparation. Like our guys, our coaches, they made sure we were all dialed in. Everybody knew the game plan, but I don't know what it was. The Oregon week, it was it was always different, man. It was always different. We knew we couldn't lose that one. And, um, man, the guys just uh, bought in, man, and we just uh, stayed together, you know, through the whole course, you know, because we, we found ourselves down in both of those games. So it was like, yep. man, we just knew we had to continue to, to trust each other. And, that's, and that comes from the relationships, like I said, that we built with each other. And uh, just going out there and just having fun, that was the biggest uh, main thing. Michael, the bowl was full. It was jacked up, man. You watch these. I'm watching the sidelines. I'm watching the stands. I'm, like, watching the winning touchdown. And I'm going, yeah. this is what – I mean, I, I can't imagine a, better, a bigger feeling, honestly, for a college football, you know, quarterback, fan, player, than that atmosphere that day in that game. Yeah, man, it was it was electric, man. Our fans, they were always amazing. They always supported us. They were always screaming loud, man. That stadium was rocking, man. It was it was a always fun to be able to play in that stadium. So the thing for you though, Mike, personally, is you knew Oregon was going to blitz. They, they, I mean, they they came after you every way that they could come after you. 
So what's the preparation like that week, knowing where your sight adjusts are, your hots are, like route combinations to defeat when they're coming after you, knowing you're going to get hit, you're going to get chased, they're going to get somebody free. What's that concentration like that week? Yeah, man. So for me, it was always like, I just got to stay true to my rules and and trust my eyes. That's what Coach Grubb always say. Trust your eyes, trust your feet. And um, if I saw something, you know, obviously on film, film is always going to tell a lot of things, you know, and uh, I saw a lot of things on film that I picked up from from those guys, like known rushers. Who is the guys that rush and who is the guys that like to drop out in coverage? Which backer do they like to blitz more, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, Man, that that, that always gave me a big tell, you know, going into that week. So um, even though they did yeah, but it's a lot. I, I can't remember. I don't know if they sacked me at all. No. Possibly. Maybe one. I don't think Oregon was ever a team that sacked me. You know, but that just comes from, man, just the guys buying in. And uh, we do blitz pickup meetings with the offensive line. I'm running that meeting uh, with, with my backup quarterback, Dylan Morris, and we were always dialed in on that meeting. You know, just making sure we took that serious, um, making sure that all the guys were locked in on all the different fronts and uh, looks at the def- that they would give us, you know, knowing that they'll give us some exotic stuff, you know, but we were ready for it always. So the, the, you win the first game. And then all the talk is, well, at some point, you know, it'll correct itself against you guys, right? And, you know, all the talk about the playoff, and they're waiting for you. And then you're answering every test all the way up to the Pac-12 championship. And the rematch. And got like that, and I, I, I nobody, and everybody said, "Nah, that Oregon's going to win the rematch. Oregon's going to win the rematch." Well, they're at home. Yeah, they're they're outs in stadium. Like I've been to Eugene to do a game before, Michael. I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty special place. So you got to go into the the you got to go into the you know the Lions Den to go play. So what's the controlling the atmosphere like? Getting ready for that one. Yeah, so I, I played against them at home in 2022. So the second time that he's talking about, I believe, is the Pac-12 championship. You know, but in 2022 playing there, it was it was it was crazy. The atmosphere was crazy. Uh, it was very loud. You know, it was a very loud, hostile crowd. You know, and um, man, man, it was fun. It was fun to be able to win in win in their stadium. That was that was big for us. And um, obviously, coming 2022 season, you know, we had two losses before that game. Uh, but just going in, you know, Oregon that was always a big game for uh UW fans and UW players. So it's like to be able to win that game uh, against them at, at their home uh, home field. Man, it was it was crazy it was very it was very fun though hey michael from a fundamental standpoint well i I called the guy that's going to be analyzing you in indianapolis on sunday is going to be kurt warner and me and kurt work together we're good friends and so i called kurt about you yesterday and um i was just saying you know how much film you watched of michael and and one of the things i pointed out mike and you can address this is the thing that one of the things that impressed me the arm is the arm mike like that arm is your arm is as good as anybody that plays this game um, but the one thing that really impressed me in watching it, especially against Oregon and then Texas as well, and even Michigan, is your footwork, Mike. Like, you really, your feet are set. And well, no matter what you have to do to avoid pressure in the pocket, like, you make this effort to get your feet set to throw the football. Does that come naturally to you, Michael? Is that something that you've worked on your whole life? Is that something that people have to stay with you on to make sure you do that? Because it looks... It, it, it's one of the reasons why you're such an accurate thrower. And you had a lot of practice in Indiana with, with all the pressure yeah. bearing down on you. 
<laughs> yeah, man. Um, I would say it is something that you learn, you know, growing up, you know, just uh, working on footwork stuff. But at the same time, pocket presence and stuff like that, tying your feet with the with the throw still, when you got rushers coming at you, that comes off of instincts and, you know, just uh, trusting in, in your abilities. And uh, I trust in myself. I trust in my feet. I trust in my arm. And I trust my eyes. So whenever I go out there, you know, I, I don't really have to worry about too much. I just go out there and, you know, execute and just have fun. So I, I do feel like it's kind of both in, in that in that standpoint. But in the Pac-12 title game, what really stood out was your poise. I mean, you know, look, they, everybody thought, again, that Oregon was going to win it. You know, they jump out, the whole thing. You you kept your poise throughout the whole game. I mean, like that, that was such – to beat a team like that twice, it, is, it says a lot about your, what you did, your, your, all, all that stuff. Right. Yeah, man, it was, it was great, you know, but um, just confidence. I feel like it all just come with confidence, man. I play so much football, you know, I don't really get nervous or rattled in big time situations. You know, it's just another, it's just another day, man. It's another day in the office. You know, it's, I've been doing this since I was five years old. So it's like, for me, I just got to go out there and have fun, man. As long as I'm having fun, you know, I, I know good things are happening. You know, I, I trust in, trust in the guys around me. I trust in my abilities and man, I just go out there and let it rip. So. Mike, a lot of people will, you know, this process that you're in the middle of right now, leading up to Saturday and pro days and, you know, the whole thing leading up to the draft. Like, I've, I've seen so many quarterbacks go through this process. Cam Newton, Patrick Mahomes. I've seen so many guys, Mike. And everybody is looking to tear you down. Everybody's looking to say, well, he's this age. He had this injury. Like, they're, they're looking for all the negatives, right, Michael? Like, you've probably already experienced some of this to some degree. But right. when I when I watch like these finishes of games against USC, against the the Apple Cup against Wazoo, the Oregon games, Texas, even that throw before the end of the half, Mike, mm -hmm. against Michigan, where you want to go to Rome and they're they they've got you got them on a pivot route, you're ready to throw it to them and they're basically tackling them. You got to go yeah. back over the middle to make this throw. Like to me, how you play the game is all anybody should really concentrate on. How you see the field, progressions, footwork, and arm strength. Like To me, I just see a, a prospect that's ready for the NFL. Right, man. And a lot of those things, you know, I can't control, you know, um, for me, I just got to continue to be myself. You know, I'm going to let my play speak for itself. And uh, a lot of things that, you know, that I can't control, like my injuries and stuff like that, you know, um, man, I, I can't, I can't hide from it. You know, it's part of my, part of my journey. And I, I feel yeah. like it's part of the reason I'm the person and the player I am today. You know, so I'm super blessed for it all. You know, I feel like it taught me a lot of things like adversity, patience, you know, and just uh, grit and just uh, toughness, man. I feel like a lot of the stuff that I've been through, you know, prepare me for the next level. I feel like um, it, it might be, um, I don't feel like a lot of people has been in my shoes and, and came out the way that I came out, you know, and um, I don't feel like a lot of people would be able to. So it's like, I, I know what adversity feels like. And I know in the NFL, adversity is going to happen. It's going to come at some point in time. It's hard to win football against the NFL, but I know for myself, I know how, how I'm going to battle and uh, come back from adversity. Well, you, you've had your share of it between you know, it, it all starts with with Tennessee, and right. you know, Tennessee they offer you, uh, you. You look, you're about to go to to, to UT, and then they pull the scholarship, and, they, and the staff doesn't even call you. I know, man. They didn't even call me. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. I 
Everything happened for a reason. From Florida, right? Like you're a small town kid. That had to hurt a little bit. Yeah, man, it did, you know, but at the same time, man, I just trusted in God. I trusted in my faith, uh, trusted in my decision after that. And, man, I feel like everything happened for a reason. And, man, it's all, it's all worth it. So I'm blessed. Michael, what do you want to show these scouts on Saturday? What do you – what what – first of all, before you even get to that, Mike, I'm curious, like, have you always watched the Combine as a kid growing up? Were you glued Correct. to it, especially watching the quarterbacks? Correct. So who, who, like, how early? Like, like you go back, like, back beyond before Mahomes? Did you go back? How far back do you go with guys that you watch? Uh, I'll say around Mahomes, around Mahomes' year. That was whenever I was like, kind of getting to the point where I was like, uh, really like, okay, this, this is like something that you know I'm be doing one day, and um, I, I was locked in from from then on. So yeah, around that time. Like, do you remember watching C.J. Stroud last year? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, C.J. was balling. <laughs> he was, I met my, my buddy who's uh, doing all the announcing for the NFL Network for this thing on Saturday is Daniel Jeremiah. And um, he said it was one of the greatest uh, combine throwing exhibitions he ever saw. When you go out there Saturday, I know you're going to be relaxed. You're going to be confident. You obviously have a huge arm. You don't have to do much to generate distance on your throws, Mike. You can see it, how you just, you know, that that moonshot that you hit Rome on against Texas for 55 yards. I mean, the ball's... It's just a whip. It, it, it's a snap release that you have, Mike. Like, has, has that just always been natural for you? It has. It's crazy. It has. Um, I don't know where it came from, though. <laughs> I don't know, man. I always had a strong arm, and that's what led me to playing quarterback because I started off at running back, and we didn't have a guy on our team that could throw the ball, really, and for some reason, I could throw the ball far. So uh, that led me to that position, and, man, I just stuck with it for since, you know. But, man, uh, I don't know where it came from. I feel like it was just natural. Well, but that Texas game was unbelievable. Like, it was funny – Baldy goes, I, I could pick nine throws that were just gems. I mean, they were dropping the bucket type of throws. I mean, can you take us through what you saw in, in that game? Yeah, man. Man, we had a great game plan going into that game. Coach Grubb, he had us dialed in, man. And uh, just the guys just being ready, you know, executing in the biggest moments, you know, and not letting the game get too big, you know, just being in the playoffs, stuff like that, you know, not not letting the moment get too big, man, just going out there and just having fun. I feel like that's what it was. And I had guys running open and, man, I was just putting it, putting it in a spot where they could catch it and make make a run after the catch. And, man, they, we did a great job with it, you know, but I feel like uh, going into that game, man, we were just dialed in so I think every team can go back and watch the Texas game Michael they could go back and watch Oregon Pac-12 championships they can they can see all the arm talent what else can you bring to the field on Saturday during your combine workout that maybe they missed or you know like people want to try to make these Mahomes type throws in these workouts now and whatever like what what's your what's your mentality and philosophy on Saturday in Indianapolis? I mean, just having fun is the main thing, you know. But just being consistent, you know. And for me, I want to complete every single ball that I throw. So I just uh, find a way to do that. And then um, showing showing that I can run, you know. I'm a, I'm gonna run the forty. I'm planning on running the forty as of right now. Um, and what do you want to get? Just Mike, gonna showcase that. Are you under four? Are you in the four sixes? 
Yeah, let's just. I'm under four six though. You're under, I'm under four, four six. six. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's like that's elite. If you're if you're four five five four five, whatever. Like that's that's an elite time for for anybody. What would position. be four four? Is that elite? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I saw a guy named Richardson run a four four last year, and he he shot right up the charts, you know, with with twelve starts in his career. Like he was the fourth player taken. So yes, yes. If you if you bust out a four four, Michael, um, like I just might be like like just worshiping right there. Remember that. Okay. All right. No, no, no. I mean, I know you've been training, so I see it like because I don't because you run read option, Mike. You like it's part of your offense. Like you, you pull it down and take it and run with it. Um, you got your quarterback draws. You got all your quarterback runs in your offense, you, because right. you're such a great thrower. They don't call them a lot, but it's not like they don't. You're not. You, you can't find them on tape. They're there for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But you know what? Like as, as much as we talk about that aspect of it, what I love about your game is, and your eyes are always downfield. And you've had, you know, between Indiana and then Washington, you've shown that you can make plays under duress. And, like, to me, that's the biggest thing that I want to look for. I want to see you, you know, staring and some guys bearing down on you and you're making plays down the field. And I, I think that's, that's your greatest gift, yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate it, man. I just, for me, I'm like, I got to get the guys in my receivers, uh, the ball in the receivers' hands, man. And man, I just want to see those guys make plays so much, you know. So I always try to find a way to highlight them. So, and they well, did a great that, job that, uh, making plays. So, yeah, did that start? I mean, obviously in Indiana, and we talk about it, but there was that game against Ohio State where that's an Ohio State team that played for the national championship. Um, I guess, if I remember, PFF said it was the most uh, pressured of any quarterback, and you threw for 491 in that game. Yeah, I did. It was crazy. It was fun. It was a fun day. Obviously, not losing wasn't fun, but um, it, it was. I mean, I did. I did a lot of good things that that game, and I had receivers that was making a lot of big time plays. For is sure. It, is it a composure thing? Like, is it just you feel? You know, you're just not bothered by that, and, and is that just a reps, just having to deal with that a lot during your career? Yeah, man, it's reps, man. It's like I said, it's football. That at, at the end of the day, man, it's a game I've been playing since I was five. You know, I'm not, I don't really get nervous. I don't really get, you know, in my head. You know, I just go out there and just be myself. Mike, t- t- take us through the connection with you and Rome. Because you, you'll do a lot of three-by-one sets. You'll isolate him the wide side of the field. And you'll just let him – I mean, you put the ball up and let him go get it. The way quarterbacks have to do it at the NFL level. I saw C.J. do it this year with Nico Collins. Like, sometimes you got to just trust your receiver. How quickly did you and Rome develop that chemistry that we see week in and week out the last two years? 
Yeah, man. So from day one, that whole receiver court, man, they they were workers, man. I, I noticed that right away. Those guys, they were hitting me up like as soon as I got there. Like I wasn't even moved in my apartment yet. And they're like, hey, let's throw. I'm like, all right, let's go, man. But uh, they're just workers, man. And Rome, man, he, I feel like what comes with our consistency is just his consistency and practice. You know, um, it's times you can see a guy like that, you know, a big time player, you know, that make big time plays each and every Saturday. You might think, oh, maybe he might take reps off in practice. Nah, he don't. He he don't man. None of those guys take reps off in practice. He's gonna go 100 percent each and every rep. And man, I feel like that's what accounted to a lot of our success. Man, it's just like man, I know exactly what I'm gonna get because I've been getting it each and every day all all throughout practice. So it's like man, I, I had no no question that he was gonna be right where I where I needed him to be, and that he was gonna make that play. So take it. Tell us about Michigan. I know that game still probably sticks in your craw. Yeah, man, uh, it was it was a lot of execution things that we missed out on. You know, I feel like um, late in that game, we was down one one score, you know, mm-hmm. but it was times where we had opportunity to execute and we didn't. You know, um, it was time like fourth, fourth down, I, I missed the throw to Rome. We had a, a big time third down. We were still down by a touchdown. We, we dropped the pass. Uh, we had a big play made, and it was a holding oh, call, controversial yeah. holding call. That was a huge man. Play. It was like man, just so much execution, small things that you know we missed out on. You know, to and I feel like it, that game, that game could have been uh, different. You know, just one one different play, man. That that, that game could have been different. You know, but um, man, yeah, it was just tough. We we weren't executing the way that we should, and uh, we weren't able to get our running game back. We tried to get DJ back. Um, he wasn't all the way healthy. You know, so they were able to do a lot of things on the back side, back end, because they knew that we weren't really uh, uh, running the ball as much. You know, so. And, and listen, I mean, let's let, let's be real here. That's a really good defense, man. Like that's a that's a top flight it's an NFL defense. It is. I mean, I, I mean, look, that was a game. You know, I, the end of the fourth quarter was a game. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It was a big deal. All right. Um, so let me ask you about, we talked about like some biases, right? Uh, left. Is there a bias against left against lefties? You tell me, Michael. I don't know. I hope not. But I hope apparently not I, some people might say so, but I hope not. I don't know. So listen, we're from the land of South Paul, right? South Camden. Yeah. Rocky. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always thought, like, I, I, there's something about the lefty that I'm drawn to uh, because, I guess, it, it's so rare. And the fact that you got just a, a cannon, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, like, that display. And I, I, I know that you probably have that feeling like, listen, I, I need to show everybody that, you know, you got me wrong, man. Like, it's just not right. Man, for me, I I never really try to say I'm, I'm trying to prove somebody wrong. You know, I, I just try to say I prove myself right. You know, because I, I know the player I am. I know uh, the skill set that I have, and um, now I'm just gonna prove myself right each and every time. You know, if people doubt me, I'm gonna prove myself right. You know, and uh, I know in any situation, you know, as long as I got opportunity to do that, you know, uh, I'll turn some heads. I'm gonna ask you one thing, Mike. About so I know Mike Vick real well, and obviously he's left-handed. But he writes right-handed. He eats right-handed. Like, are you that type of a southpaw? Like, do you do everything left-handed or you do some things right-handed like Mike did? I'm a southpaw all, all the way. All right, I don't all do right, anything right. right-handed. Okay. <laughs> what, did, 
were you always, you know, a, it was football? You said when you were five years old. So here you are growing up, small town, Florida, and it was just, did you just live it? It was just, it was all about football growing up? Growing up, it was all about sports in general. I played baseball, football. I did track for a little bit, um, basketball for a little bit. You know, I just was, I was outside. I was an outside kid. You know, I was never really in the house. I was always outside. So your dad was a football player, Mike. Your mother ran track. Like it was yep. like sports was in, in your blood. It was in your family. It was in the household, right? Exactly. You're right. Correct. What, what do you want? What, what do you want NFL teams to know about you? Man, I, I just say, man, I'm, I'm a proven winner. You know, uh, I, I've been able to win with uh, everywhere I've been. You know, yeah. obviously I can't do it by myself, but, um, man, I, I'm a winner. You know, I find ways to win with my team uh, in each and every situation. And uh, just know that, man, what you see on what you see on film, that's what you're going to get, man. Um, man, I'm, I'm very consistent. You know, I'm a guy mm-hmm. that's going to, you know, make sure I, I, I lead the team in a positive way. And I'm going to make sure that if things aren't going right, I'm still going to be there. I'm still going to be positive and, you know, try to help help the team uh, get into that situation where, you know, we have that mindset that, you know, um, we, we can make it happen in any situation. You know, so it's like, man, I'm, I just, I don't know. I don't know, man. So, you know, it's, it's a very competitive quarterback class, Mike. All right, there's Caleb out there. There's Jaden out there. You know, there's, uh, there's Drake. There's... You know, Bo, there's, you know, there's JJ, yourself. Like, it's a very – do you feel competitive with those guys right now? Do you feel like I'm a standalone, my, my work stands by itself? Like, I'm just going to show you what I can do? Or do you feel a competitive atmosphere with those guys? No, it ain't no competitive atmosphere. I'm not competing against them. I'm competing against myself, and I'm competing, okay. competing against you know what, what I do each and every day, man. I'm not worried about what they do, you know. I train with a couple of those guys, and I, we're not out there competing with each other, you know. I, I'm just going out doing my doing my thing, you know, trying to do whatever I can to help myself be better, you know. In each and every situation, I feel, I can, you know. And in my opinion, you know, I feel like I've been doing that, and I've been doing that at a high level. And um, okay, yeah, man, uh, that's that's a great group of guys, though. Yeah. It is. Hey, Mike, just just about you. What what's what's your happy place for you as beyond football? Uh, probably on the, on the water fishing. Mm. <laughs> fishing. I love to fish. Yeah. That's See, that's, Florida. A, that's a Florida kid, man. That's Florida man. That's a Florida exactly. kid. Florida exactly. Lake. That's beautiful, man. Mike, thank you so much. I, it's just a pleasure to talk to you. You you are uh, you're terrific, man. Thank you, buddy. And sir, I appreciate it. Thank you all for talking to me. Michael, you're welcome back into uh, the All City All Football podcast anytime you like. So we wish you the best of luck in in the whole process, Saturday and beyond. All right, buddy? I appreciate it. Thank you all. Thanks, Michael. I'll see you. What a pleasure, Mike. Hey, have you heard about the, uh, the new incredibly cool way of playing Daily Fantasy? I don't know about you. But I love daily fantasy. I'm, I, I love that stuff. I love the stats, and I love, you know, how many points or how many rebounds, assists, goals, shots. I mean, you name it. And prize pick, man, it is so cool. It's a different way of doing things. So 
all you do is more or less than a particular stat number. So if KD, say Kevin Durant, his, uh, his point total is projected at 28 and a half. You just pick more or less. You string them together. You can turn 10 bucks into 1000 bucks. It's unbelievable. Just go pick more or less. Everybody's doing it. It's the greatest way. And, like, if you're a, a, a sports person like we are and you love all the stats and everything, well, then you got to get prize picks. All right? Put that intellect to work. All right? You put your strategy to work. Hey, who's playing? And maybe there's a, 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 a guard that is weak defensively and going up against somebody, you know that they're going to score more. Well, then you hit the more, right? And then you string them together. It's that cool, man. you got to love it. Everybody's doing it. I love it. you got to go to prizepicks.com slash all-NFL. Use that code all-NFL for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's prizepicks.com slash all-NFL. Use that code all-NFL. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. So, what'd you think, Baldy? I like he's Michael. Good kid, man. I like him. I like him. He's very personable. He's very outgoing. Uh, he's very confident, without sort of you know a brash cockiness. Yeah. Like he 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 consistently tells us, I started this thing at age five. I can go into Eugene, Oregon. I can go into a semifinal. Uh, game. I could go into USC yep. in the Rose uh, into the Coliseum against a uh, you know uh, in, in a shootout game, and I can play just as relaxed as I do at home or in my backyard or anywhere else. Yeah, he he came across very poised. One of the things like is, is interesting is you know he recruited those receivers to stay. Yeah, because they had already lost one to USC on the transfer, yep. and then. He had to. He had to really recruit those other kids. Adunze, you know, Polk, yeah, McMillan. I kept, he got those guys to stay, and I think that's, you know, like, I mean, that's leadership. That's right? leadership. That's leadership. Like, but the leadership comes from them believing in him. Like, did they have reason to believe in him? Like, it's it, he's you know he says that it happened pretty instantly. Like, let's go throw. You know, this is what we do, and you know the, his the confidence that I think he exuded immediately. Because, look, let's face it, Roma Dunze is a top-five pick in the strategy, uh, yeah. okay? Yeah. Like, it's going to be him, yeah. you know, and Marvin Harrison, yeah. who's the number one yeah. wide receiver. He's, he's not probably getting out of the top seven picks in this draft. Like, he could have easily gone yep. to join Caleb or, you know, gone to Drake, whatever. He could have easily gone to a program and uh, been the number one guy. And he stayed. He stayed on a team that was four and eight. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's a, a bunch of convincing of a guy that says, we can, we can do this together. And this is a kid who comes from Indiana, right? Like, by way, what was supposed to be Tennessee. I like the adversity. Yeah. Um, they, you know, look, it's been a tough road for him, right? Like, oh, you know, like in the, in the hype video, you know, you see the rehab. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the painstaking, everybody, whether it's Peyton Manning at Tennessee or Tom Brady, at, yeah. you know, with the Patriots, like, you go through an ACL reconstruction. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of lonely hours. Like yeah. and you're you 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 get you're sort of doubtful at first and at times when things aren't going well. And you gotta just persevere and fight through it. Yeah, and you know, I mean it started with Tennessee just yeah, pulling the scholarship. Taking the scholarship. So he's had his adversity. He's had to transfer, had to overcome injuries, had to go to a place I where mean, they weren't. Far very good. Land. I mean, you go from 
you know, where he's from in, in Florida, Dade County, all the Florida, way, all the way to the other edge of the earth. Well, he said it's like you know, it's it's in the universe. Yeah, but it's like on the other side of the universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's all a part. I think it helps of his him. journey. Yeah, and he says he doesn't. You know, that's all helped shape him into who he is. And I think what teams are going to see. And I I believe this, like, you know, you just look at um, some of the rankings of where these quarterbacks are slotted right now. Like, I think he's going to climb. I think so he's going to climb. A riser. I, I see him as a riser. I, I, like, I, like, I've told this story many times, but I remember when Patrick Mahomes and his agent, Lee Steinberg, was at the Super Bowl in Houston the year he was coming out. And I ran into him at the media center, and I was talking to him. And at that time, Lee and Pat thought that he was a solid second-round pick. And I think some people kind of think of that right now with Michael. Like, he's a solid second-round pick. But, you know, obviously he ended up going 10 to Kansas City, and Kansas City traded up from 24 to 10 to get him, uh, right in front of New Orleans, who was ready to take him at 11. Like, I feel like Michael Penix is going to climb through this whole process. I think the combine is going to help him. I think, like, further type study. And I think when people sit down with him, they're going to see a very mature um, young man that has persevered, that has overcome obstacles, and is ready for prime time. Yeah, I like that. I I, I could I, I I like that, man. I, I think you're right on. I we we both are very partial to the kid. I the, the Texas both Oregon games to me is when, uh, especially the second one because yeah, I, I, I I did not think I thought Oregon was going to win the game, and yeah. and I I watched that game. I was like, wow, man, this kid's got great poise. And then Texas, he was hot. Like he was just like those were bucket throws. Well, Texas kept chasing him, you know, and he just kept answering. You know, at some point, you know, if you throw an interception, you, you have a bad series, like yeah. Texas overtakes you. Yeah. And he just never let – like you constantly saw Texas on a sideline just go, here he is, he's at it again. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right on. Uh, all right, brother. Listen, glad to have you back. Yeah. I'm glad we're back. Glad to be back. We're having some fun. Come here. Yeah, we're going to geek this. out over the draft. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Hope you join us. All right. Thanks for Baldy. I'm Cuz. And I uh, hope you enjoyed Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. Oh, silly like the mayor.